0: There's been such a large part of me that has enjoyed our time together on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast this week that there is a good bit of me that's saddened that today is our last day of the week on this particular theme. Maybe the Lord will give liberty to revisit it in future, but I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Ruth. We've been talking about God's purpose for our life. I pray that it's been an encouragement to you. Understand that God knows exactly what's going on in your life. He's brought you to where you are on purpose. He's blessed you on purpose. Friend, he's bought you on purpose. Every failure of yours, he knew it from the beginning of the world, and yet still he loves you and he loves me. Today, though, we conclude the book of Ruth. I'm going to ask you to go to chapter number four. While you do that, let me tell you very quickly about a pamphlet that I'm holding in my hands. I don't know if I could call it a gospel tract, because though it's shaped like a gospel tract, it looks like a gospel tract. On the front, it asks this question: What is a tract? Well, that's a great question. There may be people that have been longtime listeners to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast, and you might not know the answer to that question. Well, we are including this little pamphlet in every single order. So if you have not yet gotten one of our sample packets, please order one today. Bibletractsinc.org, Bibletractsinc.org. included with that sample packet would be one of these little booklets. What is a gospel tract? Well, very simply, you could say it's this. It's a way. It's a simple way to share the gospel. Not only does this pamphlet describe and explain what a gospel tract is, it also gives you some phenomenal keys to success. In tract evangelism, anything I do, I'd like to do it well. I I hate doing things halfway. I hate doing things poorly. And so Gospel Tracks should be no different. Go to BibleTracksInc.org. Any order you place, we will include this little pamphlet in it. It just might be a help to you. Whether you've been a long-time Christian or not, I hope it helps you today. The Book of Ruth, chapter number four. Let's bring ourselves up to speed very quickly. Naomi and Ruth. They came back from Moab. Of course, Ruth was a Moabitish damsel. Her mother-in-law, Naomi, is heartbroken. She's lost her sons. She's lost her husband. She comes back to Bethlehem. The people greet her with questions. Is this Naomi? Could this really be our our family member? Our friend? Is this Naomi? Naomi? She says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. That means bitterness. Naomi means pleasant. She wants to change her name. An interesting fact about the book of Ruth is not once does God call Naomi anything but Naomi. You may want to be called bitter. You may want to be called Mara, but God sees things from the other side of the clouds. And Naomi ushers Ruth into Israelite culture, something that was very foreign to her. Ruth goes to glean in the field of a kinsman redeemer, or kinsman, I should say, Boaz. Boaz is very kind to her. It ends up, not only does God bring them to where they are on purpose, but Boaz, God allows Boaz to bless them on purpose. And then Boaz, in a roundabout way, if you will, buys not only Elimelech, that was Naomi's husband, not only buys the land that has been left without any workmen, without any income, he buys the land, but he buys it of the hand of Ruth, meaning he married Ruth. What comes next? Well, let's look. Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age, for thy daughter in law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child, and laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. Now pause here for just a moment. It's interesting to me. I was just talking about how Naomi wanted to change her name to Mara, right? Meaning bitterness. You think when she was trudging into Bethlehem, she saw all the way down through time to months and maybe year plus down the road when Ruth would be married to a mighty man of wealth who loved her so very much named Boaz and she would give birth to a son. Do you think right now Naomi is remembering those bitter times? Do you think she's remembering what it was like back then? It's really interesting. The women are talking about her and they reference Naomi. But it's really interesting to me that Naomi doesn't say, hold on, wait a second. Call me Mara. My name is still bitterness. No, 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 no. Things are very pleasant now. Things are very beautiful now. Naomi took the child later in her bosom. Verse 17, and the women, her neighbors gave it a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi. Naomi. And they called his name Obed. Think of Naomi holding that little boy, holding that son in her arms, looking down. There's a song that says, How sweet to hold a newborn baby! Naomi grasping that little child. You ever held that baby out with its body, with its head away from you, looking up at you, that boy or girl, and just held, cradled its head in your hands and and felt the soft, supple, smooth skin there and run your thumbs along those little ears and bopped it on the nose just a little bit and, and looked at those bright eyes looking up at you and just marveled at the creation of God? Have you ever thought about the fact that you... Regardless of where you are, mistakes you've made, things you've done, things you're ashamed of, sins you've committed, unrighteousness you've been a part of, God allowed you to be born on purpose. You say I don't believe that. You say I I, I was just a I, I was a mistake. I should never have come. I was the product of, of an illegitimate relationship. I should never have been alive. God doesn't want me. Let's finish up this story of Obed for just a moment. The women, verse 17 of chapter 4, the book of Ruth. The women, her neighbors, gave it a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi. They called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, you know the relationship on this program that we have with genealogies. Sometimes they can be difficult, but if we turn to chapter 4 and verse number 18. If you're not already there, I'd love for you to see this with me. Chapter 4, the book of Ruth, verse 18. Now these are the generations of Phares. Phares begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Amminadab, and Amminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Solomon, and Solomon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, and Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David. And you say, hold on a second, I recognize that name. Everybody knows David. And wasn't wasn't that little shepherd boy David, wasn't his dad's name Jesse? Oh oh yes, my friend. Yes. You're on the right track. You see, just a generation two or three back, King. David, you know that one, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the one that slew a bear and a lion as a boy, the one that killed Goliath with nothing but a sling and a smooth stone, the one whom God loved, that one, David, do you realize he had a hefty helping of more bitish blood in him? I wonder if his ruddy countenance as the Bible describes him. I wonder if the fact that he was a a good-looking boy had something to do with a little bit of of an exotic cast to his skin just because his great-great-grandma or thereabouts was from Moab. I wonder what situations in your life you can't reconcile because you can't see in generational terms. You can't see what good God is going to bring about in your life, your children's life, in some far-reaching corner of the world, maybe. We are looking with human eyes. We can't understand time like God does. Frank, can I tell you that not only, even in the difficult circumstances of life, God has not only brought you to where you are in purpose. I made mention of my wife's difficult circumstance with a tumor wrapped around her spine that we didn't find out about until three days after she had given birth to our second child, Lucy Louise McCurry, had them on the program, Lucy and my older daughter, Emmy, on the program. And I'm so glad that I get to hold them tight, but I'm also glad that God let us keep my wife. And now, if you saw her at an event, I hope you'll come to. I think we'll, we're going to have an open house in the near future at Bible Tracks Incorporated. I hope you'll come. If you saw her, you wouldn't even know. But can I say this, my friend? If you saw my wife and she was sitting in a wheelchair and that's what God had for her, she was paralyzed from the waist down, God would still be good. The fact that God allowed her to raise up and God allowed us to have the exact right neurosurgeon and the right nursing staff and, and God allowed... And now, does she have uh, um, um, issues and surgery site pain and all of those different types of things? Absolutely. Do we work through all of those things? Is God still good to us? Absolutely. Can I tell you, if the worst came to worst and I was even, God forbid, a single father because of a circumstance, God would still be God and he would still be good no matter where he brought me me too. And I hope, I hope I never have to go through such a circumstance that I need to remind myself to such a point that I need to go back and listen to this broadcast to remind myself of how good God is. I hope I remember every single day and I hope you do as well. But friend, God has brought you to where you are on purpose. Moreover, he's blessed you on purpose. I I hope you'll realize the goodness of God. Not only has he blessed you on purpose, but he bought you on purpose. All of your failures. Everything that you want to hide from the world and me too. All the things we wish no one could ever see about us. God already knows. And he still chose you. He's brought you here on purpose. He's blessed you on purpose. He's bought you on purpose. And lastly this. You were born on purpose. I don't care what other people have told you about how worthless you are i don't care what your parents have said in such a denigrating way or maybe thinking you couldn't even hear under their breath as they walked away from a circumstance i don't care what your family your friends your acquaintances people that don't even know you the high school counselor guidance counselor i don't care what any of them have said to you about how you aren't worth it god says you are This is not some health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. This is the Bible. I want to thank you so much for listening this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I'll be honest with you. I know it has been for me. Just another reminder of God's purpose in our life. If I can ever be a help to you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Our family, our friends, our team here at Bible Tracks Incorporated, we love you. God does too. Have a great day for his glory.